If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of Big Chris Live, Episode 2, What the Heck is a Trichome? <laughs> to answer that question uh, are my friends, Genoa and Lorenzo from Calyx and Trichomes. It is a storefront, uh, cannabis storefront in Kingston, Ontario. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thank Great you. Great to be here. I love that Lorenzo is the first one to jump up because yeah. he only found out it was a video podcast <laughs> on the way down. He was just like, <laughs> what do you mean we're going to be on video? I had to borrow a shirt just to get on the air. <laughs> this is what he wears. This is weekend uniform. Uh, that's okay. So, okay. So for those who um, uh, are, need some clarification, you guys own your very own storefront for cannabis. And as long as I have known both of these fine people, um, and I would say, when did we first meet? Like 2011? No, it 10? was before that. 10? 10? Yeah, 10? something like that. Yeah. Anyways, we met, um, obviously, because at the time, they owned a storefront called 420 Kingston, where you guys sold uh, various paraphernalia. It was kind of a little tiny hole in the wall. And since then... I have seen their, I want to call it an empire, grow. <laughs> you guys are laughing. You guys laugh this off. But seriously, the grind that they have for, um, for increasing their business, they weren't just happy having a shop and, and being profitable. They wanted to grow that shop into the corner lot of a building. And then they wanted to open up a vape lounge on top of that corner lot. I mean, you guys are very industrious. You guys are hungry, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I've, <laughs> I we've grown the business. Yeah, I guess since we've had it, we've just like been lucky to have specific opportunities present themselves at different times, and just like nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, that's and I think that's the, the part that I admire in a way is the, that nothing to lose attitude that you guys have had. And from the second I've known you, it has the whole vision was we want cannabis to be legal and we want to be able to sell it. I mean, that's the way I interpreted. What well, would you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like we've <clears throat> I mean, we started 420 when we were under the Harper government still so like cannabis was more illegal growing cannabis was like more highly punished than pedophilia at the time <laughs> so to go from that to becoming sort of politically active and 
hopefully getting Justin Trudeau elected on the promise of legalizing cannabis. Yeah, and that that happened. And I mean, I remember yeah. I remember that was huge. But then also the second stage of that was the Ontario uh, situation. And I remember for a minute there, it looked like it was going to be government-run pot shops in our province. And that would have cut you guys right out of the mix. Oh, yeah. We were really, really worried, I would say, back in like 2017 after the Cannabis Act was announced. That really made it, because we were also a seed bank for a while, um, and it made it, it made it explicitly clear that that would not be allowed, that seeds would be counted like cannabis um, with legalization. So we knew that there was obviously going to be some sort of sacrifice, but we, with the liberal government in place, um, they had possibly the worst plan and has since been proven to be public sale has been proven to be really terrible for other provinces so it's good that we didn't go in that direction and the long shot Doug Ford won <laughs> yeah I mean that's the other thing too like this this whole thing your whole whole reason for business ownership now really in a lot of ways is a bipartisan Things it came about oh, yeah. from from both federally from the liberals and then it came down through the the province. Yeah. And if I can immediately here bring up the painting that you guys had commissioned. Yeah. So I've got it here. Take a look at this. <laughs> I've even bl I blurred out uh, Doug Ford's special area. You censored it. Yeah. Sorry. I I listen. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. Where am I? Listen, I don't want to get flagged <laughs> on is... episode two here, okay? Like, I don't want to get too First much. First of all, that um, is a joyous celebration of legalization. Sure. Um, it's we, When we decided and conceived of the idea to have this painting in particular, which to us made the most sense to depict our feelings towards legalization, especially um, because we were sort of shut out of legalization for the first year and a bit because of the lottery system that had happened. So like <laughs> during that time, we made like a lot of promises, like we're going to celebrate at this restaurant. Obviously didn't happen because of COVID, which is hilarious. It still hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, and we decided like, we're going to get this painting made. And like, this is like, we conceived of it. As soon as we get our license, we're going to get this. This will be what my first paycheck goes toward. <laughs> That was that was the first real. that was the first paycheck. Was. Yeah, that was for real. The, the what uh, that was like the biggest priority right, for me right. was to get this commission. So like um, a girl that used to work for us, um, she's an artist and very talented. Yeah, give credit to the artist. Yeah. yeah, it's Jess Sherman. She's done a really beautiful job of the actual painting, and she like. <laughs> was like on the right wavelength like she really understood the vision and it was like the whole time Lorenzo was like how good do you think this is gonna be like how like what he was think? questioning of course was Lorenzo like <laughs> if I could just say for a second Lorenzo obviously you guys are partners and yeah. in in life and in business yeah. but um but Lorenzo like you always have the quiet sort of uh, I don't want to say like Genoa obviously you're you're very calculated and good at things but I think Lorenzo 
you're a bit more of the voice of reason. I'll take it for sure. <laughs> I don't like that compliment. No, you don't I, like that. No, I wouldn't say that anything's calculated, but right. I have foresight. I would say. Right. <laughs> I would say that I've been wrong about a lot of things. Right. Also. Okay. Some things stick, which, you know, like, we're glad we were right about weed, I guess. But no, we were on the same page when it came to the painting, for sure. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> as long as it could be executed well, I was like, well, you know, like, worst case scenario, like, we'll just keep it in the office and it'll just be, like, a funny thing for Hang us. it in the bathroom. Yeah, you know? like, just completely, like, it would be hidden, but we would still, like, treasure it. But, like, she delivered on every level because, like, the whole thing was I was like, okay... Like if I like if I showed you the the Instagram conversation we had, I was like, okay, this is what I want. I want Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford as like creation of Adam, and I want Justin Trudeau to be the godlike figure, and I wanted Doug, Doug Ford to be, to the, be Adam. the Adam because that is also like an exact representation of what happened. And I am a non-religious person. Completely. No, but you, but the symbolism, but the at symbolism, least, you know, it's, it's yeah. unavoidable. Exactly. And in fact, I prefer my version. And we had a lot of, like, the only negative, like, most people love it and think it's amazing. But there were a couple of people who thought that, you know, that I was celebrating specifically people who had previously jailed or advocated for the jailing of cannabis and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and I, I shouldn't be applauding Listen, them. you can't do anything that has a, a, a tongue-in-cheek vibe anymore. Honestly, it was too perfect, so I don't care about that. And then also there were, there were people who were saying it was fatphobic to have Doug Ford as the naked person. Like, why did he have to be the one? And the thing is, is that it was... An exact representation uh, of the painting. Well, yeah, so, and and if you put Churdo there with his shirt off or with his dinger hanging out, then I would have gotten the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you would have, yeah, you would have gotten, you've got, would have gotten a different crowd exactly. saying, "Oh, you're glorifying our uh, his hair or exactly. <laughs> hair down there." Yeah, so I can't like. Yeah. I guess good art is meant to like evoke a response, and it definitely has. That's good. That's and a good so, sign. And so yeah, it's like the last thing you see when you leave the store because it's like. Deserves its own spot. Like it, it turned out so perfectly. Like as soon as she showed up one day with it, I just I loved it so much. Like I love it so. You much. just fell in love with it. Like it's like honestly yeah. one of my most favorite things that I I've ever been given. <laughs> like so it's good. it's my favorite. It's the, it's my favorite thing. It was definitely the best like way to spend literally four hundred twenty dollars of my first paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> So, again, back to the, just not to stay on the political theme too much, like, I mean, we're just so politically charged these days, but uh, post, like I say, you know, it was a bipartisan effort in terms of it all ended up with your, you know, various political parties, uh, you know, this ended up with a store license for you guys, but it wasn't all, like, easy street, like, there was that lottery situation in Ontario yeah. for, for licenses to own stores, which... I know that at the time it was super frustrating for you guys. Yeah, it was really um, the the whole thing with the lottery, you know, with the election year coming up, had Ontario um, expanded stores at the same rate as, mm. say, Alberta did, mm -hmm. then, you know, the liberals would be able to claim victory over their cannabis. And so, like, because it was such a mess when the election was happening, 
you might have noticed that there was no discussion of legalization being a full success or anything like that, right, right. especially in Ontario, because it hadn't been up to that point. There was only 25 stores open. So it was really, you know, it was really, it was definitely hard. We definitely knew as soon as the lottery was introduced that... It was going to be a tough road to, to get that license, right? Well, we didn't know how long it was going to be. Like, that was the main issue. So it was a matter of, like, uh, a lot of people maintaining pressure to get more stores open. And it, was, it wasn't just, like, private people like us and people like the Cannabis Council, Council of Canada and Normal Canada. Um, it was also licensed producers who actually had the money to lobby for this stuff. So... And it was also um, bigger retail change that chains that eventually wanted to be able to take over Ontario. Yeah, and that for me, that's the the thing that, that the lottery. Oh God, I don't want to go down conspiracy lane here, but okay, let's call it a conspiracy. I felt like at the time, okay, I this is baseless. Yeah. Okay, but uh, I felt like at the time there was the lottery thing seemed like some kind of a trick to let those bigger sort of chainy corporate those big money big cannabis is there such a thing sure there is oh there is now yeah for yeah sure. <laughs> um to let big cannabis sort of take the reins on that whereas the sorry i don't don't take this derogatorily the mom and pop idea of pot shops were sort of left in the left in the wind right independence really were but then uh, you know ultimately outside of the lottery and separate from the lottery, which also, by the way, happened in Alberta that way. It's just Alberta switched to open system much quicker than Ontario did, which is why they proliferated as quickly as they did. But in Ontario, we have the best plan in the whole country. Like it's even our plan and the way that it's allowed when it's fully operational is even better than Alberta's. Um, Ultimately, yeah. lottery aside, the end like, game was was the best that there it was. It is the best. Yeah. It's yeah. the best. It, it, I should say it is the best for private private owners like us mm -hmm. who need to be able to compete. You know, there's a lot of negativity that comes out of this and the sort of slow rollout. And honestly, now that I'm on the other side of it, I can see that. Um, you know, it was definitely a little bit of red tape and waiting for the other shoe to drop and watching the news every day, waiting for an announcement. And that was definitely like really stressful. But now on the other side of it, like they're trying to make it like a, a good, robust economy. Like yeah, they are trying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, again, like, yeah, the lottery thing aside, we do seem to have the best design. And, and that's the, the way I had envisioned legalization years ago when we first met even, was it would just be a thing, you know, like, just like any other vice, whether it's cigarettes or booze or whatever, it's just out there, right? And I never really believed in the government uh, LCBO kind of situation. I've always thought it was stupid to have government, like, I'm going to go to the beer store to buy beer. I'm going to go to the liquor store to buy liquor. Where, do you go to the nut store to buy nuts? Yeah. Do you know, like, how, how, are we, how much are we going to divide things down is the way I sort of look at it, right? I think it should be, you know, like, whoever wants to get out there and get a license to do these things should do these. So I was so in your corner from day one, guys. Yeah, like, having yeah. government-run stores is an idea out of the 1920s. You know, it's terrible. They should not be selling drugs. You know, they're yeah. not 
Yeah. Anybody who's worked in government can tell you that they're not more competent at doing anything, really. So. Well, and the thing that, that really burned my ass, too, was, do you remember, at the tail end of the liberal provincial government, uh, they they had that sketch of the... Because the, they were going to full-on build. If, they were, if the liberals were re-elected, they were going to full-on rebuild, like, brick-and-mortar pot shops. Yeah. The same as we have brick-and-mortar beer. Like, yeah. they brick-and-mortar... 40. They 40. thought 40 for the whole province. Yeah. How many are in the GTA now? I don't know. I know? I, I stopped counting, right? You know, and honestly, like every place, how many places can you buy alcohol? Now, outside of the 666 LCBO licensed stores, you can buy alcohol at any any restaurant, at most grocery stores now. So like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it definitely having the government control like there's the only positive you know like to be a to to be ever optimistic as i always am the only positive to having um the government has as a central controller is so that smaller but like smaller guys like us can actually compete because they Mm -hmm. give us Mm -hmm. an allotment they allow us you know like it would be great to be able to forge different relationships with different lps and i'm sure that people in our position um, who already have a lot of relationships with those people already would be able to do that. But for new people coming on board and to keep this industry competitive, having a central supplier to ensure that everybody has access or the similar or the same right. access yeah. to cannabis, because the way that the way that it happens is every week we get uh, what's called a buy sheet. And there's an allotment that you assume every store in the province has access to. And we assume it's the same, but it sort of changes from day to day depending on what stuff becomes available that day. I love I love your shop, by the way. And and it does have that um, mom and pop feel like that that friendly. And maybe it's just because I've known you guys for so long <laughs> and because my best friend it works at the shop for you guys. Yeah. He's the charismatic guy who is like. <laughs> I mean, this doesn't do his title service, but he's like the Walmart greeter. He's the first guy. <laughs> Sorry. That, no, no. No, no. Uh, <laughs> he's 76 uh, years old. What if that no. was... Okay, first of all, Chris is not very good at giving compliments. No. What but, did he call me earlier? What is, I can't remember. That's the good thing about having a conversation with a stoner, I guess. But either way, Pat is not going to love that. No, I'm sorry, Pat. No, but he's, he is... Sorry. He's the face of your franchise. How about that? He is the first thing that you. He's the first them, thing. Yep. He's the first person that you see often when you walk through the he door. He makes a good, good impression. And he's a he's a, a great salesperson, and he sold cars for years before he came to work for you guys. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, you know it does have that. Fr- and what the point I was trying to get is, it's a friendly atmosphere. Maybe it's because I I know I know you guys and I know the staff. <laughs> but um, like I do love what you guys are doing, and if I'm not mistaken, the numbers are in your favor in the city of Kingston. Like you guys are, are really, you guys are perfectly situated. You guys had the idea, the plan They're between party city and the LCBO is where you can find calyx and trichomes. And, uh, like that, that is just a recipe for money right there. If you ask me, well, it was funny. We were going to go to the Rio can center because when the whole 40 stores and, and, private or public sale was going to happen we thought the only way we didn't really know how we were going to be able to compete with Kathleen Wynn selling weed and bongs so we had decided that the best thing for us to do would be to move next door and compete with them so we found out where their Kingston location was going to be 
And then we were going to just have like a way better selection of other stuff. So you were going to go head to head with the government shop. Yeah. <laughs> selling bongs. <laughs> selling bongs. Because we were, yeah. we, we yeah, yeah, that was yeah. all we were allowed to sell. So yeah, like, because I but can still, definitely, I can definitely sling a bong better than Kathleen Wynn, yeah. obviously. And people would be walking out with product looking for additional accoutrements. Yeah. Even that, yeah. And I think that we were also correct because like, we definitely have a more robust selection than some of the um, less experienced shop owners that have come online. Yeah, you want to talk experience. I mean, Lorenzo's wearing an, an orange tangy t-shirt right now. Like, you guys know. <laughs> I only wear uh, bong and weed company swag. That's, That's it. He only yeah, wears yeah. shirts if you got them for free. <laughs> But, uh, like, also. I, but you guys, yeah, you guys are rocking logos all the time. Yeah. You guys are in the industry and you guys hustle out there. Like, I've never known someone, uh, personally, anyways, that has a Rolodex like you guys in the cannabis game. Like, it's, it's impressive, right? I mean, again, I'm not that deep into it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm always impressed with you guys and, and your knowledge and, uh, like, you know, if I ever have any questions, there's, I know exactly who I'm calling, right? Uh, well, it's definitely like a small community and like, you know, it's just a matter of like people connecting really yeah. easily with cannabis, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, it's always been a social thing for a lot of people, right? So yeah. it makes sense that you guys have a social atmosphere in your shop. Yeah. And can I just... Uh, what was the magazine? Muggle, what is it? Uh, Mugglehead Media. Mugglehead Media did a yeah. story on your shop. Yeah. Here it is right here. Behold, a weed store that looks like it actually sells weed. And then there's that big sign, the Calyx and Trichomes Cannabis, the big lit up sign there. Uh, like, that is yeah. cool. Is that still lit up? <laughs> okay. That's, that's oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> it's not lit up. Here's the problem. Here's the issue. So we were just minding our own business with all of our permits in place. Yeah. And an electrical inspector, I, th I think he was going to stop to get some fish and chips next door because there's a restaurant next door. Um, and he saw the sign and he just took it upon himself to inspect the sign. And so now we have to get it like because it was made in Australia. Oh, okay. So we have to get it like rewired. She's so not, it's, she's not street legal. She's not street legal. We took the restrictor <laughs> so. plate off. <laughs> Give it a little more juice. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. that's funny. So we have to turn the sign off until, or find it. Like we have to figure. We're, I'm working with. I have a guy. So. Yeah. Well, we all gotta have a guy. Everything. We yeah. got a guy. I got a guy for everything. But I, what I love is it says everything I need to say about what you guys do professionally. Behold, a weed store that looks like it actually sells weed. You are people who actually know weed and you're selling weed. And I don't think there are as many people out there like that. I definitely think we're in a unique position of, and, and this is where, you know, the first, the first people that were doing business in the province that sort of either lucked their way in through the lottery or mm -hmm. bought their way in through buying those lottery winners out now have to look out for people like us that were doing this before and we're not the only ones friends of ours um my one of my girlfriends her name's katie katie perry actually is her name no that's that's I unfortunate swear. that's unfortunate that's no, like she loves it honestly she rocks it and okay. she does she, i mean she's completely like you know you know it's like the other katie perry's like katie perry who when you meet this katie perry okay so 
Um, anyways, she opened up, she's opening up like a chain of like seven stores across like Western and Southern Ontario. She's like just opened up one in Niagara. There's another one coming like in Welland or St. Catharines next week. Like she's really killing it as well. And she's also an activist and she's hired activists as well. So like now that people who have owned dispensaries and know weed are actually coming online, now that we've actually got a shot, now the other guys have to start working a little bit harder. And it's not going to be as easy for, I mean, the people will always go where it's convenient. So lucky for us, yeah, we have the best location for sure. Yeah, and location, but knowledge, like, I mean, I think there's a, there's a factor of a lot of things. Customer service, too. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of different factors that, that, uh, that is why you guys are, if I'm not mistaken, numbers-wise, the top of the pile in the city of Kingston. Well, we've always been top of yeah. everything. That's, so. well, and like me, you guys, when you're passionate about something, you go all the way with it, right? I mean, like, that's, you, you don't you don't sleep until it's... We're definitely it's... all in on this weed thing, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We've been the farm on weed for the last 10 years. Was yeah. there, and you mentioned the activist thing, you know, was there a moment as activists that you guys thought it was never going to happen? Did you guys ever think no. about giving up, ever? No, like, it's a domino effect. Like, we knew that it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time, like... I'm glad it's happened is now that we're on the other side of it it feels faster like now that now that we're not waiting anymore and we're just trying to like now now time flies but yeah when you're in like lottery purgatory it's like it feels like forever when you're like waiting for laws to change it feels like forever but now that it's on the other side, in retrospect, it didn't really take very long. It was like 10 years, basically. Yeah, but still, I mean, like, as long as I've known you guys, and even before that, I think, now let's, correct me on the story here, you guys met uh, at a call center in Kitchener? Yeah. You guys, that's where you guys first met as, as like, what are you looking at him for? Yeah. Yeah, you sure. tell some nice stories for one. <laughs> tell, him, tell him a romantic story, darling. Uh, I, I think she's knows. throwing it on you because she wants to hear some romance. <laughs> she's throwing it your way. <laughs> what do you want to know? Oh, you're the worst. You both, well, for starters, yeah. here, I'll start the story. You both hated working at a call center. Yeah. <laughs> How about yeah. that for starters? We yeah, the really... only corporate environment we could succeed in was our own. So <laughs> yeah. Start our own business and just keep going. I think that's the mark of any entrepreneur is when you can't right. work in somebody right. else's. It's just like, you know, I don't want to, the, the telecommunica telecommunication company we worked for together shall remain nameless, but... Honestly, they were walking around. It was a really silly, like, trivial, seemed like really trivial work that you couldn't take seriously. And you just, like, you're like, you're not curing cancer. Yeah. Like, chill out. Yeah. So, anyways, I, that was not the right work environment for no. me because I didn't no. respect it. And, and, and like, so then, like, after that, was that it? You guys romantically got together. And well, then yeah. how long was it until you guys decided that we have to go into business together, too? Well, we were friends for six months and going into business was also like the start of our relationship, basically. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah, again, like, yeah. again, I'm, I'm Guaranteed to work out perfectly. Yeah, like really going double in, <laughs> double all in. Like. Yeah, like I, I know, I knew a punk band drummer one time and, and this is a common drummer thing. He's like, yeah, so I'm moving in with my girlfriend. 
we just met last week. And I was like, wow, that's pretty fast. <laughs> but you guys yeah. were like, yeah, I just met her uh, a couple of months ago and we're starting a business together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was basically <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, well, hey, man. And here you guys are, though. Like, again, teamwork when makes you know, the dream you know. work. When you know, you know. That's it. Amen to that. Yeah. Um, now, uh, when you talk about the activism, you guys have, have some, you know, like I say, you've got that Rolodex, too. Like, I've seen you guys hanging with uh, the Prince of Pot, the Princess of Pot. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, who, like, you guys have been worldwide. You guys have been around the world, even. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. many how many times you guys been to uh, Amsterdam? <laughs> Four, five. With, with Amsterdam, yeah, you, after the first couple times. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say. Handful of times. Four time. or five, I, you know, it's a blur. It's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. One of my favorites. Honestly, every place we go, yeah. We were lucky to have this set up where an Amsterdam trip was a business trip. Yeah. Yeah, so that perfect. Was, that was the genius perfect. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were able to visit our business partners out there who are also our friends and... You know, we were also able to go to, like, all over Spain. Like, more places in Spain that we have been that we, been, that we haven't been at this point. Now, you guys, I remember... I, again, you're going to have to refresh my memory. But I remember, I think it was your first time to Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. You guys came back. And did you guys go to a sex show or something there? Oh, yeah, a live sex show. What was... Tell, okay, like, yeah. I, I remember the story <laughs> being a good one. Um, refresh honestly, me in the audience. The, I love Amsterdam, and I love, like, the red light district. Like, it's really, like, it's a, it's a sight to see. Honestly, it's cool to see it, like, from the canal in a boat, but it's also cool to walk around. And, like, honestly, I've never even been to, like, a strip club before. So this, again, you, you're all about, like, I go all jumping in. right into I things. I go all in, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> now I can't even imagine going to a strip club because it's, like, I've seen, like, a woman pull a flag out of her vagina. Okay, so... Okay, more on the flag. Yes, we need more on this story. <laughs> this part of the story, please. Okay, so, so it's Casa Rossa, and there's like a couple... There's a couple of... Anyways, when you're in the red light district in this very specific area, there's like a lot of workers in red light windows, which is like in itself a lot to see. But then there's also different like shows that you can see so there's the banana show which we've also been to on the more recent trip that we went. is it exactly as it sounds yeah. like it's what i think it is okay. obviously right. <laughs> it's sort of like for that you're like you see it for like 20 minutes and you still got like 25 minutes left and you get kind of bored. you start anyway. looking at your watch like, yeah, yeah, like honestly, how much time we got here so we're walking around the red light district and there's this like live sex show that I, women get in for free, but men have to pay fifty bucks. <laughs> that's fucking not fair. That's that's like that's like a cheap shitty yeah, dance club it was that has like that. no cover for girls. Uh, girls got, under twenty five, no cover. Yeah, it, and I also got like we got like penis lollipops. Oh we well, walked, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. it's like hospitality. <laughs> so then <laughs> we walked into this like theater it just looked like any like sort of old-timey movie like like the downtown kingston movie theater before they renovated and oh then, okay yeah like old-timey yeah yeah and um basically you're walking in and there's probably somebody just like having sex on stage wow the lights are all on so so like 
like for the average person, lights on sex. Mm. Yeah, I think. I don't it's, know. I mean, it's just like a. It's like not for me. There's probably like 40 other people watching too, and it's like yeah. kind of loud, and but you don't hear them. You hear whatever like techno music that they're playing. But what does a professional sex person do differently? Like, if you're a pro, you provide sex as a stage show, as a service. Oh, you don't finish and you wave at the end instead. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. That's how they do it differently. Do they want like curtsy on the way out? Like, no. See ya. So the song is over and then they just like pull apart, stop, <laughs> no. wave. And then the, the curtains will close and it'll open. It'll be another act. And then they'll go for like four or five minutes. Wow. The same thing. Wow. They stop, wave. And then it could be anything. It could be like a couple or it could be like, yeah, like the flag thing. Yeah, the flag. But there's also, there's also... No, is it, do they do the animal shows in Amsterdam? No, no, they don't. Okay, all right. So I, listen, I, I think you're thinking of like is it Mexico. Yeah. And where is that? I don't want to say episode two. We're canceled. Yeah, that is like. Uh... <laughs> all right, somewhere in the world, there's an animal show. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, in Amsterdam, also all the waitresses are jacked bouncers. Yeah, yeah, so at the, the live sex show. So there's no like sexy waitresses bringing you drinks. No, it's like a bouncer. It's like, a bouncer your drink and, like, checks making to see if you're sure. masturbating or not. Yeah, and, like, basically. That's fair though. Drinks. I would understand that they, they would need someone like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's like so you see it happen and you see like maybe eight like different skits or whatever that are like whatever five or six skits. Minutes. Yeah, like, like we'll just call them like skits. like Mary Poppins. Like, do they well, parody like? There's never, I mean, because you never, because like it's Amsterdam's like a world city, so like it's not just English, so like there's yeah, no that's true, speaking, yeah. like there's none of that. Oh, it's all uh, right, of course. They t they keep it language neutral. Language neutral, yeah. Ah. So it's, I mean, I don't know if if their acting is necessarily like also what. How do you mime? Like, how do they do they mime? How would you mime? I want it in the ass. Like I don't get like. Oh, it's not. How, really, how it's would you mime a, that? Like they're just they have like an act or whatever that they're gonna do. So like if it was just like. A couple, they would just be like a couple like doing it doggy style on a rotating bed so that you can see it from all angles. Man, that takes practice. Rotating beds? Yeah, Imagine, it's like, like pretty dizzy. Ugh, like, like it's that's the other motion thing. Motion sickness. <laughs> so you get through the revolution of eight and then it goes to the act one again. So then you know that they're just doing it in like sets of four minutes. So side note, we were doing like a little tour on the boat um, like around Amsterdam and a guy that was British who was funny on the boat was telling a story about how he had a job interview at that same sex place. No way. <laughs> and it was... It's the, always a Brit. Yeah. So he said that the like ad said that you get paid $400 uh, for however many hours of work. But what they don't tell you is that that eight hours of work is spread out over six days or whatever, because you're like four minutes at a time. Oh no. So you can't even work a full day. No, of course not. I guess. Could you, could you bang somebody for eight hours? That's crazy. <laughs> like that's, Listen, it sounds great, but like, <laughs> I just figured with the amount of material that's on Pornhub, I just figured that somebody, there are people out. I thought that's what a professional sex person could do. I thought that's what made them a professional. They definitely like are. Well, you should never meet your heroes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's Lorenzo. He just sits in the corner, just yeah. sits, analyzes, waits for his moment to just pop a line out there. I like it. <laughs> but you know, the best, like, okay, so then when we went with Shane recently, who's right. our other manager, like Pat, 
well, not manager, but like key holder, we call them because yeah, like sure. manager in a legal store is like an actual term. Oh, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have okay. a license for that. And I'm the only one anyways, just to be clear. So anyways, we went to Amsterdam with Shane and the first thing we did when we got there after like whatever, 11 hours of traveling and no sleep was go to the banana show. And so like we were exhausted and getting drunk and this girl was just like fucking a banana on a stage. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that sounds like the it sounds like the underwhelming Michael Jackson tribute show at a Cuban resort. But it's all you can drink. It is all you can drink. <laughs> all you just like a Cuban at resort. Yeah. Sure. yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> the best I think bang for your buck would be a um what was the the quarter one that's like the peep show? The peep show. Yeah, that peep was, show. So yeah, so there's like this like I don't know, cylinder of like glass windows and like a circular bed in the w middle and it could be like any sex show and you get like two minutes to like see and it's just like i don't know whatever one of those and coins was like, <laughs> are they busy like yeah, are they busy packed, like, the like there's lineups for a peep show oh yeah oh yeah everybody's it's packed because it's a whole it's just tourists it's just people like us that are just like the novel it's just for the novelty 100 percent like locals are not doing that <laughs> you know like locals in amsterdam don't even go to coffee shops like really so like i see yeah. but i i just you know like i figured the internet would have wiped out the peep show no. i mean you can't see live sex is way better than internet sex is it is it live it's sex is live better? <laughs> it's right there yeah but i don't know like i i you know like i i just figured like there's no peep shows in new york city anymore are there is there like is that I mean, a still like in north america i mean like that's not even a thing anymore no, no like it's the novelty of being in the red light district is like its own novelty like you're there yeah. for that experience like in the way that you know you're living that red light life netflix got rid of blockbuster like just in one fell swoop boom blockbusters out of business because of netflix streaming put blockbuster out of business i figured that pornhub in the same way would poof, just like wipe out no, these sex Peep workers shows. are like really good looking. Like they're really, uh, really good high looking. High end. High end. Yeah. Right. So it's like super like like And Dutch too. Notoriously beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful people, yeah. Like really beautiful people. So it's like it's not what I yeah. think. Yeah. I remember one time when not I was what you expect, for when sure. I was younger, I really clued into the fact that the Dutch are beautiful people. I know. In the, I believe it was a summer Olympics volleyball match or something like it was, <laughs> I was like, wow, wow, the Dutch, Dutch people, Whoa. so tall, so beautiful. Yeah. Like it's the only place we go that Lorenzo is not the tallest guy in the room and he feels weird. Yeah. Like it's like, I get it. But like when he sees it, like, whoa, like that's a tall Dutch guy. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Tall Dutch drink of water. Yeah, they are tall and good looking. Like, yeah. I think it's like yeah. world known. And it's like they aren't so far north that they go up into like Iceland. Like, everyone in Iceland looks angry. You know, like. Iceland's they, cool. They have the, this harsh condition, airport. so they've always got like a frown on their face, but it's like the Dutch are like further south enough. I think that they've had, they've had redder weather, so that they've. The Dutch weather's terrible, usually. Is it really? Yeah, oh. yeah it's See, like Vancouver. I know nothing about the Netherlands. It's like, it's like Vancouver. Like, it's like really, like, oh, really? rainy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? You guys really spent rainy. some time in Vancouver as well, right? Lots of That's. Time in Vancouver. There's another cannabis stronghold yeah. right here in our own country. That was lots, lots of time. Like our little business has sort of taken us all across the country in a cool way. Like well, all across 
the country and in the coolest parts of Europe, I guess. <laughs> At least the parts where we can score weed really easily. That's more important. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because it's not, like, Europe, it's it's really not legal. Like, no. Uh, here, oh, that's the other thing we should talk about, too, is, um, it, you know, all conversations now lead back to the United States and everything. Yeah. But Europe, okay, there's, there is there any, but uh, we'll get to the, the U.S. stuff in a second because they had a big, the election, sure, Biden-Trump. But they had a, it was a big week for drugs in America. Yeah. But um, Europe, I'm just curious. I, they have no, is there anything on the, the schedule uh, for, for legalization over there? Well, it's a whole, like, every country's different. Every country's in a different place. Some are more prohibitive than others. Like, Italy is starting to come out as a place where, um, like, it's called cannabis light. And it would be, like, equivalent to, like, our low THC or... Also, CBD is getting really popular there, too. And <laughs> Cannabis like a.k.a. what my dad smoked in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's like, so I'm like, oh, it only sounds great right now. But... Sorry, my dad doesn't actually smoke and never did smoke weed, by the way. For the record. <laughs> I'm sure he's like, I did not! <laughs> <laughs> Just but, to be clear. <laughs> you know, but our dad, you know, like, quote, unquote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our collective dad. Yeah, the collective yeah. dad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Amsterdam, it's actually just, like, decriminalized and small amount so even the way that they sell there it's like they're they're like ontario is more progressive now than amsterdam in that way right yeah um so on to america obviously um by the time of this broadcast apparently it looks like joe biden is going to be the new president but oh. you know um he's not sitting in the seat yet um we'll see well once he's no longer president he'll just be dragged out of there and that's yeah that. Well, yeah, there is that. And then um, <laughs> then there's this right here. Heroin, cocaine, and meth are now decriminalized in Oregon. Basically everything. Yeah. Everything. Like, I thought that maybe magic mushrooms were next on the docket, the psilocillin. And they actually did fully legalized shrooms, too. In, in Oregon? In Oregon. Okay, yeah. But yeah. there was also multiple states. More states now, the majority of, of states in America are now after this election that's the thing that nobody's really published a lot of uh, are now legalizing marijuana on various different levels because obviously states have their own rights but well this was also supposed to be a biden harris campaign promise that it would be descheduled i think if i'm not mistaken or decriminalized or uh, fully legalized there was definitely some pro-cannabis positions and from their yeah. camp which is a term I think, <laughs> for kamala harris i think that uh I think that uh, campaign promises changed by the minute this past year. So, I yeah, think that they, they morphed multiple <laughs> times, but yeah. I, I read an article recently that they're gonna he's going to be enforcing executive order on a lot of things and reversing a lot of things that was done by the previous administration. Should yeah. we like Voldemort? Can I'm we say we're not going to say his name like Voldemort? Okay. I hate him honestly so much. I know. I hate him so much. I know. So this is like definitely like... I felt more compelled, like I, you know, any of the Canadian candidates, whatever. But when it came to this one, I just want to see him go down. <laughs> O-R. <laughs> so. And it looks like it. That was the other thing, too. And, and again, TMZ, I think, reported this yesterday on Saturday yeah. that um, he was on the golf course when he found out that uh, <laughs> Biden had been declared by even Fox News. And, that, and that's a tweet that I put out there. I was like, hey, you know the fat lady singing? When Fox News has declared Joe Biden the Honestly. president, right? Well, it's just getting it's like 
we've gone back and forth on this. Like Lorenzo at one time was like, well, is George W. Bush the worst president? Like he started the Iraq war like that. So many lives lost. Like, well, now after the pandemic, so many lives were lost in the U.S. too. And we're, we're, I don't really know what those numbers are. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're going up every day. <laughs> you turn on CNN every day after now that the election's over and even before this week of elections, every day you turn on CNN, it was like, America's highest day ever for coronavirus. I'm like, yeah, every day is the highest day. It keeps going up. Yeah, well, I did not feel, as somebody like in the cannabis industry, did not feel comfortable crossing the border at all to go to the U.S., which sucks because... Like one of my very good it's friends big lives market, there, yeah. and yeah, like we've visited a little bit, but really did not feel comfortable in the last couple of years going at all, anyways. But now that there's like some, it's so funny how restore it, I'll go back. You know, one change of government or one party can make people want to travel, and one cannot. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like you know, and I think it uh, for me, you know, we. Even before the pandemic, we'd looked at maybe going down to the U.S. for for a trip or for a road trip or something. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I just feel like, not that we're easy prey or easy, easy anything. I just felt like there was just so many people flashing guns. Guns. So many oh people like, and and trust me, I don't want to go down this road too hard, but like, I am a, I mean, there is part of me that that understands the gun thing in America. Like, I do understand why they you know why they have that rule or why they have that law in there there's part of me that that disagrees but there's part of me that also agrees but it didn't matter because it was more so the type of people that were out there waving those guns or the type of people that were emboldened by the president um to be confrontational with people and to um, you know, and I just felt like that wasn't the, you know, just a, 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 who knows what kind of random interaction you could have at a gas station with somebody. I know. You know, like, know. The, like it just felt like Americans were a wild card for the last four years, and I never I knew agree. how to take any of them. I agree. And yeah. I never, and I mean, we were try. I never felt like that once when I was ever, like, in the craziest, like, most, um, like, anywhere in Europe, I never felt like that. I've never felt like that when I was in Jamaica. I never felt like that when I was in, like... But I did feel like that when I was in the States. Like, it felt like the yeah. air was different. Yeah, yeah, there's something, there was just something in, like, a like a powder keg mentality or a short fuse mentality. I don't know what it was. Like, will this mall have a shooting while I'm at it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and you know, like, did Vegas have two, I think? Yeah. Yeah, Vegas had two in, like, a year and a half or something. And I'm just yeah. like, okay, great. Well, we're not going to Vegas. Exactly. You know? Like this. Um, anyways, but... Back to the drug thing. What do you think with Oregon's decision? Like all drugs? Like that's Portugal yeah. style, right? Portugal has be. decriminalized everything, and you guys are in favor of that. One hundred percent. This is the way that it should be, and people should not be criminalized for nonviolent drug offenses anywhere ever in the world. So yeah, yeah, we've been proponents of full legalization of all drugs, legalization and sale, so that it's it's. Hang it's on, regulated. though. Like, legalization and sale of, of crack or meth? Heroin, of everything. Really, eh? 100%. Because I would rather have a regulated, lab-tested, nurse-administered dose of whatever where I'm monitored and it's not being mixed with anything I shouldn't have. But the argument, I think, that in, in Portugal, though, like, it was that these people... And, and the stats are pretty strong, like, for... And they've been... They did this a long time ago. When did they decriminalize everything? 1991. Yeah, the late, n- like the early that. 90s, mid 90s. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they've got a lot of years of study yeah. to show that, you know, people will 
not drift towards drug addiction for some of these heavier duty or drugs and that they're able to get the social services to get off them. Yeah. Right. And it's now they're at it. They were facing an opioid epidemic and now it's at all time low. So it's, yeah. I mean, you have to give people a, a reasonable exit route that doesn't involve jail and doesn't involve. Yeah. Uh, necessarily religion and doesn't necessarily involve like what what people's recovery and what people do in their spare time is nobody's business yeah but you should at least give them a safe route of either stopping or using if they if they want or need to yeah because that seems to be for someone who wants to say get off an opioid or off something that's super physically addictive there is, it's so funny you mentioned the, the church thing. Like, there's only a couple of options. And even AA meetings are heavily based in heavily Jesus, based, yeah. t- t- Jesus talk, yeah. Yeah, and that's like, for me, like, I'm an atheist, so I don't, I'm fine with whatever anybody else believes, but I don't believe in anything. So going to something that's a faith-based. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it an instant turnoff, right? Yeah, it's an instant turnoff, right? No, I don't think that would help me if I was trying to stop something. Yeah, so yeah. There needs to be a recognition, especially like where the church is right now. Like without getting into that too deep. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Let's avoid. That's another. We've story covered for a, another a few. Day. We've covered a few <laughs> topics here today. Maybe religion is one that we'll back off of yeah. for a second. But for but in in realistic when it comes to yeah. drugs, there needs to be other paths for other people because it's just different strokes for different folks. Yeah. yeah once you've tried heroin, faith is not going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, yeah. You can't like pray heroin away. No, <laughs> yeah. no. So there's something, you know, and it's like, for me, I'm, you know, my drug of choice is probably like cannabis and sugar, obviously, you know. Sugar, um, by the way is like cocaine for babies. So last night, episode one uh, of our podcast, we announced that my wife is pregnant and uh, Lisa's pregnant and, and the baby is honey. Is it 18 weeks today? Eight. We're at 18 weeks today. And last night, uh, Lisa was just munching on, Sour Patch Kids, like she just wasn't realizing how many she was putting into her mouth. Like a slow Tuesday. Yeah, and (laughs) we're. I don't know what we were doing last night. We were just watching TV, and she just kept kept shoveling them in, and then all of a sudden, she felt like baby was doing somersaults in her stomach, like it was like like a Ferris wheel or like some kind of like like yeah, the monkey was like jumping up on the jungle gym, doing all sorts of craziness. Because of all the sugar she ate. And I was like, oh my God, it's baby cocaine. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's going somewhere. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, there's probably some parents out there that are like, you're a fucking idiot. What do you not think that sugar fucks and ramps up kids? Like, what's wrong with you? Right now, we're all like four non parents. Yeah. Yeah. One's pregnant. Three and a uh, half. Yeah, three and a half. Three and a half non parents in in the room here. But But yeah. Definitely legalizing all drugs is better for the next generation of kids as well because, you know, people still have children and those children need to have, you know, destigmatize access to their parents well it's good to see that idea finally gain some traction politically because like it's been the case that like the government like over the years whether it's the canadian government or the u.s government they've looked at the drug laws and they've always put out a report saying what should we do with this shit show and the official opinion has always been like you know 
putting people in jail is wrong. We're causing more harm than good. And they've always recommended legalizing drugs. Going back to the 70s, you know, the Senate report in 2001 or whatever. Yeah, all those reports that have always been commissioned. Commissioned, Like the UN, all those people have looked at the drug issue. They've always said, like, no, we can't have this prohibition. It's bullshit. You know, it's so making it prohibition is making but politically the drugs it's not a dangerous. winner and that's the reality you know like people are very passionate about drugs being bad that idea yeah. is deep set well and again uh i didn't know if this was going to be america the podcast but um here's my take on on why on why all this sort of happens is that jail is its own economy because it's privatized yeah. right so jailing people is an economy police force vice squads that's an economy unto itself because it gives people jobs and again police work is as a noble work i'm not no. on the defund train or anything no. um but but again like it is part of the economy and in america guns are part of the economy and because healthcare is privatized for the most part in america uh all those things guns shootings healthcare, that all is a money maker right there that's all. That's money. That's people pay to get healthy after getting shot. People pay to buy a gun to shoot someone. Uh, you know, like that is all economy. So I can understand why jail is its own economy. That's so hard and has so many lobbyists or so much money tied up in it that it's hard for them to. Well, I don't believe turn that, that down. You can still legalize drugs without defunding the police. You can just reallocate those funds to places that need them more, like finding missing and murdered indigenous women or solving other violent crimes that haven't yeah. been oh, yeah. remain yeah, yeah. unresolved in all of Canada and the US. There's lots of other things police can be doing. And healthcare, which drug use is a healthcare issue. It's not a criminal issue. It's not something that police should be dealing with. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. something for medical professionals and scientists to decode and you know, if that means safe supply, that means safe supply. Right. Like people are worried right. about their children getting access. Listen, if your kid wants a drug, they'll find the drugs. And if they don't, they won't. I have never done anything, any any serious hard drugs. So, you know, have, have I been around or have I seen hard drugs in my life? Of course. But it doesn't mean that I've done them or yeah. do them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, even as a as a kid, like I knew anyone knew in our small town. If you wanted drugs, you knew where to go. Exactly. Like it wasn't it wasn't a you know what I mean? Like it wasn't a mystery, you know. But you had to make the decision to or not to, or to what crowd of people to hang with and what crowd of people not to hang with. Well, and even honestly, and there's no judgment for people who are using other drugs. And yeah. In fact. I think that like that's where it goes. Like I think that especially psychedelics are more helpful than harmful, and yeah. need to be fully legalized, which they just also did in Oregon. So yeah, so, yeah. So let's get into the magic mushroom thing because yeah. I I um I know that uh, there's a lot of people now. This is it's. I mean, again, it's like an influencer trend. So I'm like, I'm always asking myself. Is it really a fucking trend, or is it someone who wrote a blog that says that it's a trend and just called it a trend? Well, but people, drugs is not a trend. Like people have always used. Drugs, yes, thank so, you. Yeah, drugs uh, are not a trend. This is not a, going a new anywhere. one, anyways. This is no, like this is. Yeah. People just aren't talking about it. Just because they don't talk about it doesn't mean it hasn't been happening yeah. since the beginning of time. Like if even if people do want to talk about Jesus, anyways, this whole thing. There's lots of 
Oh yeah, the, what totally is it? The Stoned Ape? Oil. Is that no. the book? Is it, what is it? Stoned Ape Theory? Anyways. So, anyways, there's yeah. definitely <laughs> Yeah, there's... drugs are not going anywhere, but when it comes to mushrooms, like this is another like helpful, harmless substance that should also be legal. Like I think that you know, decriminalization is going to be coming to Canada. I think psychedelics, especially helpful psychedelics like mushrooms, LSD, MDMA, all of these ones will be legalized, not just within our lifetime, but I think like... Like soon? Like 10 years. Really? Yeah. That soon? Yeah. It's so funny to think that because, I mean, even for me, back when I first met you guys, it even felt to me anyways, as an outsider, like a bit of a pipe dream that we were going to get, at least to the level that we have it now even. Like, I thought maybe there would be a chance, like, oh, okay, I could get a doctor's note. You know, like, there would be one of those. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I well, you know. Well, the doctor's notes are coming for mushrooms. And, I mean, they've already excused there were four people that really? were given palliative doses of MDMA recently, or was it mushrooms? Anyways, it was one of them. They were given some MBC. So that's how it started with cannabis, and this is how it's going to start with other proven safe substances in, in whatever doses. There's way more harmful drugs on the market. I mean, do we yeah. need to talk about Purdue Pharma and their recent court settlement where they had to, what was it, 888 billion or something like that? What's this? No, no, tell me more, yeah. Part, per, I don't quote me on the number because it's just like I'm always stoned when I read things. But <laughs> <laughs> Purdue Pharma, 888 billion gazillion billion dollars. You, now um, listen, you're starting to sound like Voldemort. Like yeah. you know, people are saying, people are saying <laughs> things. I hear things. Um, but no, it was definitely uh, Purdue Pharma, who's the maker of OxyContin, had to right. basically dissolve their whole structure. But also, yeah. I mean, it goes to show you that people are willing to. I mean, look what the you can't trust the medical establishment to have safe drugs. Look at the whole oxy scandal, right? Like yeah, that's the thing. Like the pill, the the pills are out of control. That's to be honest, the biggest epidemic out there in terms of pharma pharmaceuticals and drugs. If you want to talk about drug problems, it's the fentanyl patches and the pill popping and all that kind of stuff that really is eroding, and it's especially eroding society or eroding families and 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 people's lives because it's silent. Because, you know, you can smoke a doobie out in, in the back and, you know, maybe the neighbors will have to close their windows, whatever. But, mm -hmm. like, you can pop pills and nobody knows. Yeah. Well, it's silent. <laughs> you can tell. You can, can usually you? tell, yeah. yeah. Like, we've, we've been dealing with the public enough at this point that it's very clear. I guess, yeah. You guys have, yeah, <laughs> but all sorts of clientele that come in well, off the street. Well, back in the day, we used to see all kinds of people. Before the medical program with cannabis was established, we would always see people coming in looking to buy seeds or grow their own or because they wanted to get off of an all egg those that medications. Drug. Like we yeah. used right. to have that conversation yeah. on a daily yeah. basis more than once, you know, like, Oh, I'm on these pills. I want, can I get a prescription for my cannabis? There's like a huge gap time. in the medical system where doctors are sending people to talk to us about what they think that their medical cannabis plan should be when the doctors, I mean, well, yeah. should doctors be the gatekeepers? No, but like, it was it was pretty like pathetic the whole time because yeah. like we were really there towards the fall of the medical cannabis. Now the tail end exists. of it all, yeah. Yeah, it's it still exists. I still have my current license, but like that's just for growing. It's just yeah, it, yeah. It's just uh, so. it's just the paperwork end of things, right? Yeah. So back to the trend I was uh, yeah. talking about, like obviously you know magic mushrooms are a trend, yeah. but the trend that that I've seen a lot of people blogging about, maybe it is or it isn't, confirm or deny, 
Micro oh, I, uh, don't even say it. Microdosing? I am more of a macro doser. I do not believe in <laughs> microdosing anything. I don't like okay. I'm an all or nothing all right. person, right? So, like, but but okay, so for those who don't know, microdosing is basically taking small amounts of magic mushrooms per day or maybe once at breakfast and once at dinner, something like that, 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 the, that the very sm slow trickle-in of cybocillin uh, somehow helps depression or helps alleviate various anxieties and symptoms. But no, you, you like the macro. I would say good luck getting the dose right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially, and that's the other thing too, and that's why legalization also needs to happen because people do need to know what, listen, I'm not a microdoser, but I'm also like not a microdoser of cannabis either. Like I smoke right. heavily, you know, like, and that's not for everybody. And I realize that I am a An strong outlier, oh, yeah, 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 super outlier. So that's not like, not everybody eats a quarter of shrooms, but people around have been known to it's pretty good <laughs> pretty good so but it's, it's just like and it's a lot for a lot of people whereas you know like if we talk about somebody else who shall remain nameless that we both know that is a, an a avid microdoser <laughs> i mean listen he has the best attitude out of any of us he is like a super great dude in so many ways and maybe that's greatly attributed to the microdosing. And maybe I need a little more serotonin in my life. Don't get me wrong. But, but is there, so like on the science end of microdosing though, um, like obviously you have your preference to macrodose, but like, is there something to it? Do you think? Like, is it, because that seems to be the big, the big push on the legalization side for, for medicinal me, that's reasons. disappointment. Like for me, it's like <laughs> not getting out. Well, we up. can take the lesson from cannabis and the medical use of cannabis as the great Trojan horse against the drug war. Because once you had medical use, then slowly, yeah. you know, the logic behind it all fell apart. It's like, well, if I can go to my doctor and claim I have pain that can't be proven other than by my claim and get a drug, then how do I deserve to have it when you can't, you know? So, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm all for the medical use of mushrooms, sure. Let's knock the walls down. But I'm all for the everybody recreational use of mushrooms as well. I see. Because what, but it's the same thing as cannabis. Like, if you dig a little deeper, is your cannabis use medical? Are you trying to relax? How is that not based on your well? Are you trying to improve your well-being or your outlook or your aspect? Like people use cannabis instead of antidepressants. So like without talking about how cannabis has a layer, like I think that it's it's that's separating two sides of the same horseshoe. Mm -hmm, like it's, mm -hmm. it's like. Well, I do like I do like the idea and that you're talking about, especially when we're talking about being able to microdose, but being able to microdose effectively, being able to have it legalized so that you yeah. can have the packaging and you can understand it. Well, look at edibles. Look, well, look at edibles on the cannabis side. That, the that's the thing. point that I'm trying to make, though, yeah. is that I still don't really trust the packaging on my edibles for cannabis. <laughs> well, so listen, the the edibles, so. When it comes to the argument between the regulated and the deregulated market, which is the best way to refer to people who don't have their store license. So by yet. deregulated, you mean like, for example, there's a, there's a section like a, a, um, an indigenous reserve that has a, uh, you know, has yeah. their own shops that, that aren't government sanctioned. They're unregulated or maybe yeah. you could call them self-regulated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Autonomous. Yeah. That's maybe it's the, an autonomous the cannabis zone. Um, 
we're regulated by the AGCO. So for anybody who's not regulated by the AGCO, um, it's really hard to know, like cannabis is cannabis. Cannabis is cannabis is cannabis. There's good and bad legal cannabis and there's good and bad unregulated cannabis, period. Like some people grow well, some people don't. Um, some buyers at the provincial government are great. Some are not like, it's the same in both. Like it's, we're all human. Yeah. So. We're all going to, we're all going to be subject to the, the same variants that these products have. And, and listen, even in the legal market, THC can be added to anything. So like some of these very suspicious, very even 20.0 THC readings consistently on every batch, no matter what, like that's. That yeah, so that was is. the next question too. Was like, yeah, when I buy a, a tin or a canister of of of, of flour, mm -hmm. uh, and it says it's twenty five percent THC, like how? It's been tested. How sure There's am I? There's definitely a certificate of um, what's it called? Like, authentication yeah it's, it's COA, like when you COA. it's like when you get sports memorabilia it comes with a certificate yeah, yeah. so it's it, they're they're all certified and like those those are the accurate thc readings of whatever was sent to the the official who made the report so that right, is right. what it is uh from at least that batch but you know how the batch buds are selected and but as a consumer yeah like we want more clarity on the process and yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but, the, but I think that's generally what you want from a tested product is to have some kind of test on it to get the. But the fact is, there an unregulated one has no testing, and there's yeah. no way to know. Like the fact, the fact is, um, a good example would be we went to San Francisco um, a few years ago, and I had gotten my medical license in California so that I would be able to go into the stores. Nice. And Lorenzo is my caregiver, so. Um, <laughs> Sorry, a little bore out there. Very nice. Yeah, anyway, exactly. I'm stuck on it since that stupid movie came out the other day. But so how in Ontario we have 10 milligrams for every label. They don't really have those rules in California. So we were able to get these really good chocolate bars that were like the regular size of a chocolate bar, but were like maybe 150 or 250 milligrams. Either way, every square was like 50 milligrams or 30 milligrams, let's say. So you were taking what you thought were known doses. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I would need to have like a couple of these chocolate bars because being used to the deregulated market, you know, they would say, oh, there's 500 milligrams. Right. So yeah. So you're like, milligrams. yeah, so I'm but like, I need to double down. Yeah, exactly. So I got so wrecked in California because a league, like a legal, properly measured, consistent dose especially when it comes to extracts and edibles is necessary. Like with weed, you know, weed is weed. But when it comes to these things that have been mixed and made in a package, like I'm buying it for the consistency and for knowing right. that it's being tested. So yeah. the 10 milligrams per, you know, like if there's a little square like this big and it's 10 milligrams per square, like you will feel 30. I feel 30 milligrams, like 30 milligrams. And I'm like functional and I can do it you know, 50 milligrams is party time and 70 milligrams is like, it's night night. Took, you know, 70 milligrams is what I took to get through the drive here. So <laughs> <laughs> Nap real, time, yeah. yeah, 74 milligrams actually. Yeah, so, yeah. but it's like a measured dose. So I know what I need. And so that's, uh, that's the one thing that I think that the legal market and the other thing would be like balanced weed. That's not something that you really found too much on the, 
unregulated market where right. it's like an equal THC to CBD but, representation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes you find hard one way or like hard THC it's or mostly, hard CBD. Well, it one would be way or mostly the other. like marketed as like high THC. And that yeah. don't get me wrong. Like everybody wants high THC, but there is a surprising amount of people who also want like yeah balanced products too. Yeah, and for me, our staff. for me, um, uh, I'm I'm done. I think sorry, we as a household, we're done with the unregulated edibles because uh, there was. And uh, this was uh, this is a while ago, but anyways, take a um, little or take a lot. I'm trying to remember what what it was, but it was like a Kit Kat bar or something, and yeah. I was like, oh, this looks good. Um, anyways, yeah, like I saw my hand moving in slow motion in front of my face, like it was. <laughs> It was intense. Well, it's, it's yeah. being like, it's going through your liver, so it takes a little bit longer to kick in. And like, I Is have a theory it's more if you eat more, then you get more stone. That's, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, like... Rosa doesn't believe me. Really? So, like, so, so. obviously it's anecdotal. <laughs> One out of two experts agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's some anecdotal evidence or there's some anecdotal, like, t- you know, stories when it comes to this. But, like, what's your experience, Lorenzo? Like, what uh, do you think? Mike, well, just that a drug's taken on an empty stomach hit faster for the most part. That is not my experience at all, especially Stands when it comes... to reason, or- Okay, listen, there was this time we were, oh, like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. we went to Amsterdam and me and Shane had both, because Shane was with us as well, and we had both taken capsules before we left. I went to Kaplansky's and got a potato latke. Shane thought he needed to have an empty stomach and didn't get anything. We were mid-flight. Were these uh, consistent legal products or no. some other nebulous? Yeah, no. Oh, like these, these were, were unregulated. <laughs> like this was before. This was before then. So, um, but either way, like I was wrecked on the flight, and Shane was like, I, like I was sitting next to him, like, "Are you so stoned?" And he's like, no. "Obviously, we need some experiments done on this. Whether or not eating hey. cheeseburger yeah. gets you more high, it does. There has to be a limit. Listen, obviously, this is my theory. There has to be a limit. Your stomach has it's doing the work already for other foods, so it's working a little bit harder than if it's not doing anything. It's just like waking it up, like, oh, hey, there's something in your stomach, like, hey. So it's already the engine's already running. The engine's yeah. running. It's like going into a warm car." <laughs> Well, I guess, yeah, eating a heavy-duty edible would be like getting into a warm car with a seat warmer on blast. And, yeah. That's right, exactly. That's, that's it. So, anyways, I always have munchies, so that's... This is, yeah. I've never tested it the other way, I guess. Yeah. Well, we did We did stock up the fridge here. Have you even had a beer, Lorenzo? Yeah, I want to go. Oh, you do it? Okay, good. Yeah, so we got a beer fridge in the studio now, by the way, which has been awesome. An awesome addition from my wife. And sorry, my <laughs> God, I can't stop it, you guys. Okay. I can't stop it. But we do have, so we got a beer fridge, and, and even you can just see a bit off to Lorenzo's. You got some chips over there and some con queso and, and everything. They need to bring back Austin Powers so we have all those taglines you can reuse again. You know? Man, listen, like. I think you can still use them. You can still, well, the only reason that you can still say my wife and do the Borat things is, in my opinion, it's because there's a sequel. But if, if, if Borat hadn't yeah, come out with a sequel, yeah. you can't, you can't do that, right? I don't, I think we've always, everybody said my wife. Like, but, I would say that to Katy Perry. <laughs> like, if I was, like, in text to her or, like, to Emily, I'd be like, my wife. But, like, 
Am I like the guy that's still saying like "What's up"? That's what I was like, saying. What's up? What's up? Yeah, I feel like that. It's like that, but th- they they have to bring "What's up" back, and nobody brought it back. Borat movie is overrated. Really? Yeah, I felt the same way. I I wanted to like it. Did you you do like Sasha Baron Cohen though? Right? Love him. Yeah. Love Borat. I felt like the first Borat was way better. I thought the second one was like. A little cringe in some places, but like I guess I was just really hoping so much more from the Rudy Giuliani scene than what I got. It was all bluster, eh? Yeah. And so I thought that was like not great. And I went out and bought a fire stick just so I could watch Borat. So, so I you signed up for one. Amazon Prime just for yes, it. Yes. I signed up to Amazon Prime and like there we go. Jeff Bezos gets another seven dollars and eighty nine cents yeah, out of me. And Amazon are, Prime is good. You are so gonna I, get your shipping like lickety split. I now. never order anything from Amazon. Yeah, but now you're going to. That's <laughs> the thing. You'll be like, Wow, we have Prime, we might as well. Well, huh? and, uh, Alexa's listening to me through my T V remote. So, um, we did watch two other new shows that are good. Oh yeah. Did you watch The Boys? Yeah. On Prime? Yeah, The Boys is great, yeah, eh? Yeah, we really yeah. watched that the whole way through. We just finished that one. Nice. And it was it was good. It was good. There I'll we'll There's see what a certain happens. like listen, you have to sort of kind of like fantasy comic book kind of things for the boys to really get into it. But I think it the really average person can get into it too. It's a lot of Toronto in there. So it's like hard to like I didn't know that. It's there's is it shot in Toronto? Everything is Toronto. Oh my God, Chris. Listen, okay. So, I, listen, I didn't. It's completely, know. it's like, oh, like that. Somebody tells you to watch something, you click on it, you watch it, you enjoy it. I didn't know that. Like the whole tower is Roy Thompson Hall. The tower that they're in. I don't know, man. I just, I didn't, listen, I, I knew it looked nice. It looked like a nice city <laughs> that they're blowing up half the time. <laughs> exactly. But we also watched Euphoria. Is that a good one too? Euphoria? Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. With John Cusack. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. so many things now. There's so many shows. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? There was something that they was like, oh, yeah, this is debuting on Apple TV next week. And I was like, that sounds awesome. So now you have to get Apple but TV. But then, I, yeah, then I thought about it. I'm like, I'm not fucking signing up for another streaming service. Are you kidding me? Like, you still have regular, like, TV. Exactly. Like, online TV. Exactly. Like, like, whatever that is. Well, and have you noticed, too? Like, I've got, I have Rogers Cable. What do you guys have? Do you guys have a cable package? Bell 5. Bell? Yeah. So, like, any, but any major cable package, it's, it's like they're now melding it with apps. And they're now trying to create a hybrid service uh that that hooks you in that like oh and we've got crave and we've got and it'll run your netflix app and these things well definitely being off during the pandemic we went through it all so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's the one thing we're not going to run out of is the demand for television shows on our home screens right yeah and cannabis to go with them because we all know there ain't nothing like a good stream with a little toke yeah yeah definitely it was lucky that we were able to open back up in the middle of the pandemic yeah that must have been harrowing right did you guys you guys hadn't even gotten your store license by the time the pandemic hit right so it's so we had to close at the end of march because that was just the ontario thing to do. yeah shut down yeah and um about a week later but that was but that was just the the smoke shop like just the 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 bong and pipe That's, shop yeah, yeah because we yeah yeah we were still like we were we were undergoing construction a little bit when we left and 
We had hoped that construction would be able to continue, but it couldn't because everything, everything got shut down for a few weeks there. Yeah. Um, and now finally you're getting around to getting the electrical fixed on that sign of yours. Oh, yeah. Like, it's such a pain. I love that sign, so I want it to work. I do, too. I love that article, and I love everything that they said about you guys in that article. I know. There. It was, like, one of the nicest, like, articles ever written, honestly. Um. So we'll wrap this up and I'll just show this again. Behold, a weed store that looks like it actually sells weed. Calyx and Trichomes Cannabis, Midland Drive? Avenue. Avenue, sorry. Yeah. Midland Avenue in Kingston. And uh, I wish you guys the best. It's been an awesome journey and I love hearing about it. I'm sure there's a million things after the fact. We're probably going to go get something to eat or hang <laughs> out or, you know, step out on the back patio for a little, um, you know, but, and I'm sure that we'll think of a thousand other stories and funny things we could have said. So uh, as you guys know, you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. And Sweet, you guys have been longtime friends and, and uh, collaborators. I remember you guys back when you just had the smoke shop, you had me and my other buddy Rev, we voiced your TV commercial. <laughs> I was a cartoon dog in this TV commercial. It got like, too hot to handle and the Ad Council of Canada forced us to take it off the air. Yeah, like that's that's how long I've known you guys. When yeah. you couldn't advertise yeah. a bong shop or a, a pipe shop, a paper shop on television. But We're the first brief... cannabis accessories uh, company to advertise on TV as far as we know. On wow. CBC. We were on the CBC. And really? You guys did the Canadian Broadcast Network? There was literally like a Maple Leafs game, and then one of our ads came on. It was like, <laughs> what? Hey, listen. That is, to me, if you get an ad that comes on during a Maple Leafs game, yeah. you've you've made it in Canada. You've made I, it in Canada. I think so. Yeah. At least yeah. Kingston. Genoway, Lorenzo, thanks for being on the podcast. And episode two, we'll call it a wrap. Oh, actually, no, before we go, what the fuck is a trichome? <laughs> Calyx and trichomes? So the, the Or if it's a long explanation, <laughs> which it sounds like it might be. It is. Uh, where could people find out what a trichome is? Just go to calyxandtrichomes.com. There, I thought, see, there we go. There go. go to their website and they can find out what the heck a trichome is. But... If I'm not mistaken, it's the like the dust on the the plant that gets you well, stoned, right? I hope it's right? not dust, but no, it's, it's the, the crystal. crystal. <laughs> it's the crystal. Nice. Okay, good. Yeah. Short story long. Thanks yeah. everyone for tuning in. It was a great episode, great chat today, and it will be available by audio stream for those who subscribe via Spotify. Big Chris Live on Spotify. Big Chris Live on Apple Podcasts. It's available after the fact on YouTube. And thank you for tuning in via Facebook Live. We'll chat again soon. There are no specifically scheduled uh, episodes, but uh, we're aiming for at least one a week. So thank you again. Subscribe, like, and um, uh, advertise. That's right. We're still looking for advertisers. All right. Thank you. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. 
Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.